Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. We're the co-founders of Real Coaching for Amazon sellers. And we have worked with thousands of Amazon sellers since 2015 to help them grow their businesses. And one of the biggest concerns we have seen from Amazon sellers over that time is the concern and lack of understanding when it comes to Amazon sponsored ads. Yeah, right. So I think this is the number one thing that people... When we talk to them and say, hey, you know, how's it going in your Amazon business? They're like, my ACOS is out of control. Uh, my, it's eating all my profit. It's eating all my money. And we're like, wow, how can one little thing be the worst thing ever, right? So that's what we wanted to do is kind of demystify a little bit what that actually means. Um, so we've got like the top five reasons essentially that your, that your ACOS or you believe that your ACOS is out of control and what you can do to fix it, right? So this means we're going to be talking about things that you can control instead of just assuming that Amazon, you know, is out to get you or that you can't keep your ads in a good position or just PPC doesn't work, right? So let's jump into the first main reason that your ACOS is out of control. So the first main topic we're going to discuss is making sure that your listing is converting higher than 15 to 20% unit sessions percentage, right? So uh, when you go in the back end of your, um, into Seller Central, when you look at your metrics, so it's in the seller dashboard, you want to hit the business reports and, you know, you see all that data, right? All those different columns with the sales in it, et cetera. So what you want to look at is the unit session percentage column. And that is essentially your conversion rate. So how many people landed on your listing and bought your product? So we like to aim for at least 20%. Now that seems a, quite high to a lot of people, uh, but we know that Amazon is really trusted. So we know that once we get things right on that listing, that you can easily attain that and above that. And the more conversion rate that you have, then obviously the more sales that you're going to get and the less traffic that you're going to have to send. So the problem is if you don't have a high converting listing, guess what? If you drive a load of traffic to it, i.e. on Amazon PPC, if they're not going to buy it organically, then guess what? They're not going to buy it if you send traffic to it either. It's still not relevant. So you haven't fixed the root cause of the problem. So you can't be profitable on any traffic really without a good converting listing. The great thing on Amazon is that say versus selling on your website. I mean, we know that a great converting page on your website or product on your website is 3%, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about here on Amazon is like tw at least 20%. So, you know, when people are, you know, kind of thinking, should I send all this other traffic off of Amazon to a website? Don't do that, right? You know, your PPC is nowhere near as bad as you might, as it might seem versus sending Facebook traffic or Google ads or YouTube ads or all this other stuff, right? So number one, make sure that you've got a great converting listing. It can definitely be done with just quite a, you know, a, a few little tweaks, just understanding your customer, putting the right bullet points there and being relevant. So if you don't have a high converting listing, you're going to waste loads of money on ads because if no one wants to buy the product, uh, when they land on the page without the ad, they're not going to do it with the ad either. Right. Um, and the way to be able to do that, as we've talked about, and again, we've got another episode, I think it's probably episode two or three, actually, when we really delve deep into, you know, how do you actually write your listings? You want great bullet points with benefit led bullet points, as we call it. Don't focus on the feature, focus on the key thing, the key problem that your product is solving. Also, price is a big one because 
generally, that's the first thing that we look at, isn't it? When some someone's listing is not converting well, it generally is, is because either their price is too high or the price is way too low. So you really need to understand your competition and you need to understand what the customer is willing to pay for your product. Yeah. And the next I just one. want to follow you up right there because there's there's probably one main reason why people just set the price high, right? And it's just because they think that it's a great profit margin. That's it. Yeah. There's yeah. there's no data behind whether they should price it at that point or not. And there's nothing on Amazon saying that a customer will buy regularly from you at that price point either, right? So it's just like, let me throw this big number out here and see if people buy it. And when like three or four people buy it, they're like, that's it. Three people bought it. It's good enough. And then they yeah. keep rolling with that price. Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, if you look at any product out there in the market, just just think of a product that you're or a brand that you're, you know, that you you love. There's going to be things that you're prepared to pay for with that specific brand and that specific product versus another brand and another product, right? So if I'm happy with a leather handbag from I'm going to say Topshop just because that's the only thing that came to mind, but it's kind of like a mid-range, you know, something for like $40, $50 as a customer. I'm not going to bother. I don't care whether the Louis Vuitton handbag has been hand-stitched by, I don't know, a virgin somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I'm not going to pay $4,000. I think that's a different type of audience. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's the only thing that, well, why would people pay for? I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, you know, the fact that it's, it's, been lovingly handcrafted by you know you know a handcraftsman or woman I don't care about that stuff I just care about the fact that it's going to look good and it's going to you know it's going to last me for a season I'm not too bothered if it's going to last me forever so you've got to really understand the customer and then understand what they're prepared to pay for what you're offering generally on Amazon as well if you look at like the number one reason why people shop on Amazon I saw a stat the other day I think it was something something like 85% of people look at price on Amazon Mm -hmm doesn't mean to say you have to be dirt cheap. It means that they're looking for something of great value. You're not, they're not looking for this high end type of product. So just bear that in mind. And what we always say is you've, you've got to look at the competition and the sea that you're playing in. If you look completely out of place uh, within the competition, then you're not going to get that conversion rate. You're not going to get the click and you're definitely not going to get the conversion rate. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's good to mention the fact that, you know, they're looking for a good value product because it's one thing to be on your own and on your own, you know, website, you can price it whatever you want because people are not going to see other competitors right then and there. Right. So once you land on an Amazon search result page, you're going to see 15 to 50 more sellers right there on the page, including ads. And they're all going to be priced at a probably more reasonable price than you. If you're selling high, Amazon's not known for being great for luxury items just for that fact, because people, look to shop around. They look for the best value. They don't look for the highest price, most classiest version of something. That's why they go to a high end, you know, they call it high street type fashion, right? So they go to those types of, you know, big retailers or, you know, you know, boutique shops on, you know, a specific Rodeo drive or something in in a fancy part of the town. They don't go on Amazon to buy that stuff because they also want to try it on. When you're spending $600 for a handbag, you're going to want to hold that in your hand before you make that purchase, right? So that's why when you're on Amazon, you're looking for stuff that, yeah, it's a tenth the price, still great value, still has great functionality, still looks good, but it's not going to be the the classy luxury items that your, your big brands can get away with because they have $10 billion in marketing a year or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the only time that, you know, 
that you would be able to command that really luxury price point is if you've got all that backing it up, you know, but generally what happens is, is, you know, when we first start our Amazon business, it's a great place to start their business because you don't need all that stuff. So just understand where you're at, understand where the customer is at and what we, we call it the shopper mindset, right? Because essentially you're building your brand, but you're also building it for the shopper in mind when you're actually on Amazon. So just think about those things. But yeah, getting back to the point of high ACOS, essentially when your ACOS is really, really high, it basically means that people are not, they're landing, you're driving the traffic, they're landing on the listing, but they're they're clicking because they're going on the ad. So you're paying for that ad, but they don't want to buy when they, when they get there. So you just have to be really cognizant of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's another great point. And one thing to keep in mind is, uh, you know, how does your ad actually look on all platforms? So desktop and mobile. So not only when they actually get there after they clicked, how does it look, but how does the ad look? Because that's part of your listing as well. So that would be the second thing I would say, make sure that if you're looking for something that's causing your ACOS to be out of control, it's because your, your picture or your title or something about your ad that shows up is confusing. So they click on it confused and then they go on there and they go, Oh, that's not what I'm looking for. And then they click away. You've just paid a dollar, dollar fifty for that click just because you confused the customer. So the ad itself has to look good on both desktop and mobile. So does your image help you stand out and show what the product is? You know, we actually have a member, she, she sells a particular baby product and it shows the stroller with the product in the image, the main image. And so people are clicking on it, thinking that for $30, they're getting a stroller when her product is the thing that's on the stroller, not the actual stroller. So a lot of her ads were being kind of, you know, the the ACOS was being driven up because people are thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a stroller for this price. That was not the case at all. And so I think, what do they call it? A pram or a a buggy in England, something like that. So that's what we're talking about. So they're thinking, hey, I'm getting a great deal here. They click on it and go, oh, no, it's just this thing that goes with it. And so, yeah, there's not only were people clicking on it, people were actually buying it and then returning it and getting mad and doing one-star reviews because they were like, you're showing the whole stroller, your whole pram in there. And we don't get it. Like you shouldn't show that. You should only show the product. But the problem is without the, without the stroller, the product doesn't make a whole lot of sense and you need that in the image. Yeah. So it has to be clear right up front. Yeah. Just a, just a quick lesson. I remember this back in, back in my old marketing days and there was, um, we had like a face mask thing that you put on your eyes, right? And it was part of a promotion for a drink that we had. And the drink was purple. Now, if you're out there and you know Ribena, um, probably, you know, you're in the UK and Australia, whatever, you probably know that brand. But it was a cooling mask. It was an eye mask. Uh, we just sent it out as a promotional item. And um, out it went. It went through the approval process. And I remember somebody saying to me, do you think anybody's going to drink this thing? I think you need a sticker on it saying, do not drink. And I'm like, people are really not that stupid. Like they know it's an eye mask. And he's like, yeah, but it's purple in there. They might think it is Ribena. Anyway, I didn't put the sticker on it. And uh, sure enough, someone drank the thing. Luckily it wasn't toxic or anything, but someone drank the thing thinking it was Ribena, thinking it was the drink. So I would say, he always said, and I remember what he said to me, he said, always go for the lowest common denominator. Not because you think you're not going to do it, but someone out there will do it, right? Yeah. So always think of that thing. It's like, yeah, no one's going no to think that. No, they probably will. So um, I learned that the halfway. way. <laughs> that was yeah. quite a lot of things that went out there. I think in Australia, if you just think of the most bogan person you know, that's probably going to be the person <laughs> that you have to write the listing or create the images for. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same, it's the same in every, so it's just because people don't have time. 
they're not looking at this thing in the same way that we are, right? They're just like, okay, that's great. Oh, that's the thing I want. Or that's, yeah, yeah, of course I can drink it. It's Ribena, you know? So, you know, in our heads, it doesn't make any sense, but you know, put if you put your mind in the mind of the shopper, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so on top of the images, the other things you obviously want to make very clear, like your title, does it have a main keyword to tell exactly what it is? So, you know, instead of stroller up front, you'd have to say like what the stroller accessory is up front. Otherwise, it's going to be very confusing what that actually is, right? Um, You know, does the title read well when it's truncated on different devices? So, you know, on ads, especially on desktop, it gets truncated. But then when you look at it on 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 a mobile device, it's only got like four or five words there. And you have to be very succinct about what that is because if you need something else in the image to tell what your product is, then you need that three or four or five words to be very descriptive to explain exactly what it is to avoid confusion as well. So before sitting there complaining about your ACOS being out of control, look at your own listing first. It's like check your own house before you blame somebody else for the disaster, right? It's cause and effect. The effect is your ACOS is high. The cause is not because you're spending money on ads and they're not, you know, they don't work. The cause is actually your listing is jacked up and you don't know it because you're too arrogant or you don't want to admit it to yourself that it's actually not doing you any favors, right? So use the data, relook at some of the stuff that you're actually looking at and then understand I can improve my ACOS by improving my organic stats as well. Yeah. And I would say, you know, approach this process like a testing process. So don't approach it that you launch a product, you spend a lot of money on ads like in the first week or even like the first four days, your ACOS is out of control and you shut everything off, right? Because you haven't got the data yet to understand if your listing is converting well or not. Mm -hmm. So you need that first couple of weeks and you need to be able to, you know, chill, right? Because otherwise, and and put a budget in place, I'm prepared to spend this money because this money is actually positioned for the testing phase, not for the making money phase. So you have to think of approaching these things that way. You know, we see it all the time. People set up a new campaign or launch a product. They want everything done in like three days and they're worried that their ACOS is 200%. It's like, Yeah. yeah, because number one, the algorithm hasn't caught up yet, but also number two, you haven't got any data, so you don't even know what to, what to change. So make sure that you do that as well and get the right data points, like the, the um, conversion rate percentage. Yeah, that has me laughing in my head because it reminds me of, because we always talk about launch costs and planning for launch costs and understanding that the launch is basically positioned that way. You're going to spend that money. Do not stop spending that money. We actually created a, a tool a while back. We called it affectionately the sphincter releaser because um, <laughs> everybody during launch, they're like, well, I'm losing money. I'm losing money. It's like, yeah, but you plan to lose the money. And they're like, oh yeah. We're like, just go look at your spreadsheet. You're, you're planning to lose money now so you can make money in a couple of months and forever beyond that. And just having that tool there for them to look at, you know, allowed them to relax a little bit. So we call yeah, it the sphincter releaser. <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, what is it? The, it's the physical and the emotional benefit. <laughs> yeah. I can just see below on the comments, people like, oh, can I get a copy of that sphincter release? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can buy it on Amazon for $9.99. Yeah, okay. So then the third main concept that you need to understand is that you should only be bidding on the relevant keywords, right? So this is something that we see this so many times. I've done it. When I first started, I definitely did it, was, was you know, guilty of this, is stuffing a load of keywords that could potentially be related to your product somewhere, somehow, 
one of those is usually gift, right? One of them is Christmas or whatever and sticking that into your campaigns and having lots and lots and lots and lots of keywords that you're trying to bid on with a budget of like $10. Now, the problem with that is, is that number one, you've got a lot of keywords in there that's not relevant. And so what's going to happen is, is that Amazon's going to spend all that time kind of making you visible for those things. Guess what? People are going to click on it and it's not the thing that they want to buy. So a bit like what um, Isaac was talking about earlier, um, having that stroller in there, just in terms of the title. In this instance, basically what's happening is, is that you've got keywords in there that your product is coming up for and people might be just generally curious what is this thing and click on it and they don't want it right because it's a very general thing that you're actually going for so especially when you first launch just get very good at understanding what are the key relevant keywords that people are actually going to type in that want to buy this product right if you want to really control your ACOS just get good at understanding what those things are and start there and then you can start to broaden out from there because guess what there might be other keywords that you haven't thought of but you want to essentially start with those really highly relevant keywords in your campaigns and that's going to really help control that ACOS. Irrelevant keywords usually burn a lot of money even those higher level keywords so say for instance you might have something in the survival space and it's a specific thing but then you know you could go survival products, right? That's a very high level keyword. You might get some sales on that, but you're not going to, that's not where the majority of your sales are going to come from. And actually, again, it's probably someone just browsing around there to just see what kind of products are are, are there. So again, you're going to, you're going to waste a load of money. You might get another sale later, maybe, I don't know, two months time. But really, if you don't have that spare cash, just don't bother doing that stuff. Also with relevancy, what happens is, because one of the key reasons that you want to spend on ads is that you actually want to start to rank organically and not have to spend all the money on the ads, right? So when you first launch, as, as we were talking about earlier, you're going to invest in relevant keywords using sponsored ads as a way to do that because ultimately you're going to rank for those keywords and you're going to get that organic ranking, which basically means that you can then dial down the ads so it could, because you don't have to rely on those as much, right? So relevancy means you're going to get the right click and then, you know, probably want to buy you. And then also it means that you're going to be able to rank organically over time, which means you can then reduce back your spend on ads and therefore your ACoS will come down as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, I think, yeah, it's great to have a a random keyword here or there that's not really that relevant, get you a sale. But think about it over time, like wouldn't you rather invest the money into the ones that get you organic ranking where you're going to get repeat buyers without you having to spend for them? So I mean, it just makes sense. Like, don't try to like, you know, just keyword stuff, a bunch of stuff. Like if you're in cell phone accessories, you stuff every single Apple, you know, product, Samsung product, Galaxy, whatever, all this stuff in there. And then in reality, like you're only good for one product. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. You're getting traffic, but that's pointless because although you might get one or two sales here or there, that's not what you want to focus on. You want to focus on what you actually are and get relevancy ranking for those things. And that's going to get you money hand over fist ongoing forever and ever. And that's what you really want. Yeah. So then the fourth thing I think you probably need to understand about the cause and effect of ACoS is that ACoS is not actually the only thing you need to pay attention to. This is just a little metric that Amazon gives you that basically gives everybody a heart attack when they look at it. Because there's been so many gurus and experts about this that have said, oh, look at your ACoS, look at your ACoS. So much so that we're saying the word like it actually means something where it really doesn't. It's, it's, it's a metric that kind of gives you an idea of how successful a, a certain keyword can be, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything to how profitable you are. 
you know, think about it this way. You have to set objectives for each campaign and every keyword in your campaign. For example, we were just talking about relevancy, organic ranking, organic sales over time, sustainability, right? So if you're trying to get keyword ranking for a main keyword, your ACoS might be high, but it might also be getting you a higher main keyword ranking, which then leads to you getting nine to nine sales for every one sale that that ad gets, right? And that's what you really want. So yeah, you might be at 100% ACoS, but you might be spending 100 bucks a month on that on that keyword, whereas you're getting 900 bucks in actual sales because you're bidding on it and keeping your ranking there. So there has to be objectives for each keyword in each campaign. And yes, your main keywords usually cost more because that's where the competition is. But that doesn't mean it's not something you should compete on. It's something you should compete on. That would be like saying, I want to be the best golfer in the world, but I don't want to play on the PGA Tour. I want to sit in my home or, you know, go to my local municipal course and play all the scrubs of the world. You have to compete where the competition is. That's where people are looking. That's where the eyeballs are. That's where the sales go. So you have to compete on those keywords. Otherwise, you're, you're basically advertising for the sake of getting sales only and nothing else, which means all of your ads and all of your sales will come through those ads. And that's going to cost you way too much money. You need to have organic sales as well. And like I said, you have to compete on those ads, those keywords, those main keywords to get visibility because that's what people are going to be looking for over time. It's not a, hey, I got an ad in front of somebody. That's as good as it'll get. No, you want the ad, but you also want the natural search results. And that's where your ACoS comes in. And you go, you know what? I'm at 100% ACoS, but look at my ranking results. Look at my actual sales total versus my ad spend. And that's when you start to understand that. Yes, ACoS has a bit of a different meaning. And this kind of leads into your fifth you know, point here, Kirsty, of about what ACoS is actually, what it, what's the purpose of it and why, why we even talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, the fifth and final reason really your ACoS is out of control is because you don't actually know what it should be, right? So essentially what it means is advertising cost of sale. And most people work on a 30% advertising cost of sale. I don't know why. I think it's just because they think that that's the average profit margin or something like that, right? So what you really need to do is know how much money that you're actually spending on ads versus the actual revenue that you're making, right? So what we like to think about is, is what is the total cost of your ad spend in the total universe of your business, mm -hmm. right? We were talking about this on a previous podcast around bookkeeping and stuff like that. So essentially, you know, what we like to... You, know, you want to go granular when you're launching a product, as Isaac said, because you want to launch quick, you want to launch fast. You want to have those relevant keywords and you want to be able to get visibility quickly. Sponsored ads is the best tool to be able to get that visibility on Amazon with those relevant keywords, right? So you might have 100% ACoS, 200% ACoS, but basically what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm prepared to spend X amount of dollars when I'm launching this product and probably in the first couple of weeks, 100% of my sales are going to come from sponsored ads. Now, you're probably going to get some organic here and there. But basically, what you're, you're kind of setting your, your game plan out, right? You're saying, I'm prepared to invest all my sales to come from Amazon sponsored ads. And then over time, a metric that we like to use is probably around, say, maybe 10 to 20% of your sales from a total business perspective to come from Amazon sponsored ads, right? So if you think of that and say, I'm trying to do some quick math in my head now, right? But you're going to do, you might have to do it for me, Isaac. So let's say $10,000 you have in sales and you have $1,500 in ad spend. That's 15%. Yeah, exactly right. So 
what you're doing is you're looking at that 1500 and going, oh my God, I'm spending $1,500 on ads every month. But basically you need to see that in the context of the total business. You're even going a further level down than that. And you're going, this one product here has got 200% ACoS. Now that is probably quite high, but if you're in the launch phase, it doesn't matter, right? If you're in the sustained phase, then it might be a little bit high, but there might be reasons why it's so high because you want to defend that position. But overall, your total business, the ad spend that you're spending is actually okay in the total perspective of what that of what your business is. But as a good rule of thumb, we would say, and this is this is kind of, you know, what I call FMCG, so fast moving consumer goods, which is what we are in. Those types of businesses are running on like 10 to 20% of their sales coming from ads, right? Regardless of what the ad is, could be TV ads, could be, you know, uh, Google ads, whatever. That's the kind of metric to, to start to think about. And at certain times, your products are going to have a higher, so, you know, they're going to have 100% coming from ads, but then over time, it's going to go back down to that 10 to 20%. If you work on those top line metrics, you're not going to care about ACOS whatsoever because you're going to be very clear about how much money the total business is making. And you're going to be very clear about the objective behind the spend that you're actually putting into each product on the product lifecycle, i.e. launching, maintaining, maybe relaunching because you've gone out of stock, right? So just get very clear about your objectives within the business and get very clear about the total perspective of the numbers within the business. And your ACOS fears will go away. Or if they're if your ACOS is high, it's like a quick indicator to say, maybe I need to have a look at this campaign because it might not be as relevant as I want it to be. Exactly. It's, it's basically just telling you, you need to optimize it. It's not telling you that your business is losing money necessarily. I actually remember sitting down at a workshop. We had a couple, uh, about two years ago in New York with uh, uh, one of our members and she was flat out. She said, I'm losing all my money to ads. I said, okay, well, let's look at that. Look at your past month sales. So you had maybe 13,000, let's say. Let's look at your ad spend for that whole month. And she had like two products, I think. But we just assumed like, you know, we're just looking at it as, as a one product. So 13,000 in sales. And of all your money, you spent, you know, $3,000 in an ad spend. And then we broke it down. She was making something like $7.80 per unit after uh, before ads. And when we broke it down per profit per unit, it's something like she was losing $3 in ad spend per, per sale, but she still had $4 and like 50 cents left over for profit. And she was sitting there telling me that she was losing all of her profit. I'm like, no, literally after all of your expenses, including cost of goods and everything, you still have $4 and 50 cents for every single sale. But you just saw this bill come through and thought you were losing all your money. You probably have a bank account that has 10 grand in it right now. And you're not telling me about that. <laughs> so yeah. Like where well, the money's got to go somewhere. It can't be nowhere. It can't be floating in the middle of the universe. Like you have the money, but what you're thinking is you need more. And the point of the matter is, is that advertising is helping you get more long-term and mm. you're just thinking too short-term about how it's costing you money now, unfortunately. Yeah. And this is a, it's a, it's a wider point around understanding all the numbers in your business and understanding what you what the objective is behind spending that money i would guarantee that a lot of you right now are spending more money on tools and stuff that you actually don't need versus spending it on your ads that's actually going to grow the business yeah. so that would be my challenge to you anybody listening to this is just go through all the all the crap that you've bought over the last probably you know 12 months to 24 months whatever you know uh, you know those um 
recurring things that you've got, yeah, subscriptions going on and take that money and put it towards your ad spend and actually put it somewhere where it's going to grow, right? And where you can actually measure whether it's actually working or not. And, you know, once you start to kind of have that mentality about understanding every dollar that you spend in the business and what it's returning and why it's returning that and what, you know, what's the objective behind you spending that money, then you're going to, again, make better decisions and actually make more money in the business as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting exercise because we we see things in silos. We just see money going out, but we don't understand what it, what role it's playing within the business. And so, therefore, you just want to take it away, right, because you feel like you're not getting that money back. Um, you just see, like you said, you just seeing the credit card statement coming through every, every month and going, exactly. I'm spending too much on ads. Exactly. Yeah. When I look at that credit card statement, I go, oh, sweet, more frequent flyer miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, me recently, I've got some awesome campaigns at the moment. And so I'm spending more. I'm like, great. And, you know, this campaign, like you said, is going through the numbers and, and understanding how much profit you make once you spent the money on ads. And if you're making $4.50, I'm like, yeah, spend more money. Yep. Spend more money because I know I'm going to get more profit over time, right? Yep. So, um, and that is one key thing that we really focus on when you're actually choosing your products is actually understanding all those moving parts, all that, you know, how much you're going to spend on ads, how much um, it's going to cost you once you've actually launched the product, how much profit you're going to make actually after you've spent the money on ads, because guess what? You can actually work that out guys before you even launch. If you know that before you even launch the product, Again, it's another sphincter releaser, right? Because you're you're just like happy days. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this money because once I get to this point, I'm gonna be in profit and I'm gonna spend more money to be able to get more sales. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know it'd be it'd be good for us to kind of shout out. You know, if if you if you think your listings are looking bad, we have uh, actually had Rebecca Scanlon on from the Conversion Cure talking about exactly how to increase your you know, your, your conversion and how to build your listings better. And if you're looking for help with your sponsored ads and you haven't ever like figured it out, you can definitely work with our good friends over at sponsoredprofit.com. Uh, Tim Peekman was on our podcast a while back and he'll explain it in, in that podcast. And also they'll work with you on, on, you know, making this work for you as well. So if you're very confused about it and you just, you can't see the, you know, the, 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 the light of day, definitely look through those podcasts, see what they say about it, you know, contact them as well. But in reality, you have control over everything to do with your ACOS. You just don't want to admit it because you're afraid of making the, the responsibility fall back on you. But I just want to recap quickly what we kind of explained today and let you understand that these things are all in your control. So the first thing we talked about is if you have a bad listing, you need to optimize it before you push your ad spend. Why would you throw money down the drain before your product is ready and your product page is ready for consumers to actually buy, right? So make sure you have good conversion rate. It's called the unit sessions percentage in your Amazon uh, business report dashboard. And if you're number two, if your listing makes your ad look bad on mobile or desktop, you need to make some changes. So make sure that your keywords are up front, make sure your image looks good, make sure your pricing is right, all that good stuff. Number three, if you're bidding on irrelevant keywords, you will waste money. That will cause your ad spend to go up, your profitability to go down. Basically, you want to focus on relevant keywords and they'll help you get organic ranking too, which is, you know, the end result that everybody wants. Number four, if you're only focused on ACOS, you may not be getting ranked properly because you're just looking at the wrong thing. And this is going to cost you more money since more sales end up coming from ads. So the more pressure you put on ads to bring in your sales, the more money it costs you. So you want to get that ranking up. So you have to kind of 
look at ACOS as a kind of a, a determining factor of like how successful a campaign is, but not how unprofitable your business is. That's not what it's there for. And then fifth and final thing is if you don't know your profitability, your ACOS number means very little. You need to know how profitable each products or each of your products are after ads each month. So that is a number you have to look up, look at your true profit margin after ads each month. And that'll tell you if you're being successful with your ads or not. So remember guys, now that you're armed with this information, it is your job to implement it into your business and grow your business through action. We can't do the action for you. You have to take the action. Also, to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. See you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.